William Kavanagh, for those who don't know, is a Roman Catholic theologian who's written extensively on the recovery of the church as a political body able to resist the individualism and fragmentation, as he sees it, of global capitalism. Uh, this paper is part of a much larger project seeking to engage with the key parts of Kavanaugh's thought uh, from a Baptist, Baptist perspective, um, in particular using some of Paul Fidder's work. Central to Kavanaugh's argument is the significance of the Eucharist informing the church as the body of Christ. And today I want to focus just on his understanding of real presence in the Eucharist, uh, trying to bring that into conversation with Fidesz to see how the two accounts might be both constructively critical and mutually supportive. So Kavanaugh's account of the Eucharist relies heavily on another theologian, Catholic theologian, called Henri de Lubac, whose thought was influential at Vatican II. According to de Lubac, the early church held to a threefold distinction of Christ's body, the historical body, Jesus when he was on earth, the sacramental body, which is the Eucharistic elements, and the ecclesial body, the church. The ecclesial and sacramental bodies were closely linked, with the church understood as being in some way the real body of Christ, corpus verum, and the Eucharist as the invisible action or mystery, corpus mysticum, through which the church is formed and comes to be. According to the Lubank, uh, however, the 12th century saw an inversion of meaning. The Eucharistic elements became the corpus verum, the true body, and the church was relegated as being the corpus mysticum, the mystical body. In the process, the Eucharist becomes an object or spectacle, something to be observed, revered, and appropriated by individual believers, rather than being formative of the body of Christ. The church as a political entity, on the other hand, is rendered invisible. As Kavanagh puts it, quote, the visibility of the church in the communal performance of the sacrament is replaced by the visibility of the Eucharistic object. Signified and signifier have exchanged places such that the sacramental body is the visible signifier of the hidden signified, which is the social body of Christ. That works better in writing than saying it out loud. <laughs> Kavanaugh argues for a recovery of an understanding of the church as the corpus verum, the body of Christ. Now this is not to suggest a complete identification of the church with Jesus in the present. That reality will only be fulfilled in the eschaton. Instead, in the sharing of the Eucharist, the church on earth becomes a foretaste of that which is to come, a glimpse of God's eschatological future in which all sit down together to feast at the heavenly banquet and the atomization of individualism is overcome. To gain some sense of the church as the corpus verum is also not to deny the Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation. For the church to be the body of Christ acting in obedience to him, what is offered and consumed at the altar must be what Jesus originally offered in sacrifice on our behalf, his own flesh and blood. The Eucharist, therefore, is not merely a sign pointed to some abstract transcendent reality which stands behind it. Instead, in the Eucharist, there is a hypostatic union, this is a quote from Kavanaugh, a hypostatic union between reality and sign. And this union of sign and reality has for Kavanaugh two implications. The first is a denial of the reduction of the significance, in inverted commas, of the Eucharist to the subjective. He cites Jean-Luc Marion, who argues that it is the very materiality of the bread and wine which provides the means of mediating between presence and the collective consciousness of the community, thus avoiding what he calls the idolatry of subjective experience 
in appropriation of the Eucharist. The presence of Christ in Eucharistic elements means that he is there, whether the individual community experiences or believes in his presence or not. The second implication is that it's only if the Eucharist has some content of its own, that tying together of sign and reality, that it can overcome the divide between liturgy and politics and form the church in the counter-politics of the kingdom of heaven. Vatican II reaffirmed the universality of grace throughout creation, leading some theologians to identify God's salvific work with economic and political processes outside the traditional boundaries of the church. Whilst for Kavanaugh, the church as a political body should be deeply involved in the sufferings of the world, this should not mean that the Eucharist is a sign pointing to a more concrete reality found elsewhere. Instead, the Eucharist in its particularity makes Christ present to us and brings us into union with him and stands, therefore, in sharp discontinuity with the politics of the world. So for Kavanaugh, to share in the Eucharist or in sharing the Eucharist, the church is formed and conformed to Christ such that it itself becomes the sacramental body of Christ. Unlike normal acts of consumption in which the consumed is assimilated in some way into the consumer, in the Eucharist, the reverse happens. In consuming Christ's body and blood, we are changed together into his body. And in becoming that body, Christians together become that which is sacrificed on the altar. To be bound to Christ in this way means that we participate in the self-giving love and exchange of the Trinity. The sacrifice in which we participate in the Eucharist, therefore, leads to participants themselves being broken and given as food to the world, offering themselves in mutual self-giving for the sake of others. We'll come back to some of that in a minute. But then to Fides, um, if it's possible to speak of Baptist consensus on anything, um, which I'm not sure it is, uh, broadly speaking, the Baptist preference, at least in the last 300 years, has been to reject any form of sacramentalism and to understand the Lord's Supper as being a memorial. However, a survey of historical Baptist texts reveals that this has not always been the case. The first two centuries of Baptist life were shaped by a predominantly Calvinistic Eucharistic theology in which Christ was understood to be present through the power of the Holy Spirit. It was only from the end of the 18th century onwards that a more Zwinglian perspective began to dominate. Um, I say more Zwinglian, uh, Zwingli's thought is far more nuanced than some Baptist theology would suggest. The Lord's Supper came to be seen as nothing more than a memorial meal in which the distance between sign and the reality that it pointed to was widened until the symbols were emptied of any reality at all. Paul Phillips is one voice among many, um, arguing for a recovery of a sacramental understanding of the Eucharist, but in doing so denies the particular localised presence of Christ in the elements as that is found in Catholic theology. Instead, he argues, one of the distinctively Baptist contributions to ecumenical thinking about the Eucharist is that of Christ being made present to us in a narrative retelling of the story itself. To tell the story of the Lord's Supper is to enter imaginatively into those events and thereby discover the identity of the community. The breaking of bread and pouring of wine fit into what he calls the self-breaking and self-outpouring within God, and so a means of drawing us further into the story and encounter with him. A denial of the localised containment of Christ in the Eucharistic elements allows, therefore, for a more dynamic kind of presence as encounter throughout the whole drama of the supper, 
Quote, in telling the story, we encounter the crucified and risen Lord anew, and this forms the community as the representative of this Lord in the world. There is also, for Phyllis, a clear link between sharing in communion and a Baptist understanding of the covenantal life of the local church. Mutual covenant making in the local church, of which sharing around the table is a key part, is a means by which we are drawn into the inner communion of the life of God. Sharing around the table deepens the individual's relationship with Christ by drawing her into the son-father relationship of giving and receiving. At the same time, however, she is drawn into deepening relationship with the other persons of the community of the church who are themselves means of further encounter with God. To quote, together in community, they are limbs making up the whole body. So the life of the church mapped onto the life in God is not just like a body, it is the body of Christ. Through the Eucharist, the church becomes itself, therefore, a means of Christ's presence in the world and a means by which others outside the church can encounter God. However, this sense of presence is not exclusive to the church. Instead, and this is, I think, fairly particular to, to Paul's thought, the continuous, the continuous participation of the whole of creation in the triune life, along with the presence of God in everything, means that God uses the world itself as a means of revelation and to draw us into participation in God's own communion of life and love. The sacraments of baptism and Eucharist and their explicit identification of persons and communities with Christ act in their particularity as doorways to the universality of God's love and enable believers to discern the body of Christ present not only in that event, but in the world as a whole. As Fides puts it, to share in the Eucharist can thus awaken us to the God who can be met through the many bodies of the world. Discerning the body of Christ in the breaking of the bread enables us to discern him through the broken bodies of the prisoners, the thirsty, and the hungry. At the same time, participation in the Trinity draws humanity into relationships of mutual dependence, which undermine both the domination of the global market and the individualism of laissez-faire economics. That's been far too brief an overview of Kavanaugh and Fides, but hopefully it's possible to identify a number of points of convergence as well as several significant differences and ways in which their accounts might be brought into engagement with each other. As we've seen, Kavanaugh is explicit in affirming that his argument for the church being the true body of Christ in no way detracts from, and in fact is dependent upon, an affirmation of the presence of Christ through the transubstantiation of the bread and wine. It's in the offering of Christ's own body and blood that the church offers itself in self-sacrifice, and in consuming the bread and wine that participants are assimilated to him. The difficulty, however, seems to be that an association of real presence with substantial presence undermines the argument for understanding the church as the true body. Going back to de Lubac's threefold distinction, the substantial change in the elements at the moment of consecration means that the sacramental body is fully identified with the historic body of Christ. As the Catholic Catechism makes clear, whilst Christ is believed to be present in various places, including the church, that his presence in the Eucharist is substantial means that it is fuller and more complete than that found elsewhere. The ecclesial body, while sacramental in its own right, is nevertheless not saturated in the same manner and therefore can only be sacramental as a signifier of a reality other than itself. 
Thus, it appears that the conceptual link De Lubac identifies between historical and sacramental bodies remains intact, and the church remains invisible. Baptist theology, on the other hand, appears to offer a more dynamic understanding of Christ's presence in the body of the church itself, and therefore to fulfill everything that Kavanagh is arguing for. As Fides says, the move in Catholic theology to understand the church as the mystic body rather than the true body has simply never happened in a Baptistic context. Instead, here, incorporation into and continuing participation in the ecclesial body, especially as shaped by a sharing in the Eucharist, are a means of encountering and growing in covenant relationship with God. The church is therefore sacramental in its own right, a means of God's presence to the believer. However, the Baptist focus on Christ as present in a congregation has often come at the expense of any connection of this with the Eucharistic elements, which can lead to a growing sense in which any sort of presence in the Eucharist is something to be subjectively appropriated. Fides himself acknowledges that to focus on the retelling of the gospel story could make any encounter with God dependent upon the power of the collective memory. He claims that this doesn't need to be the case if the narrative enables the present community to participate in the story of the past and therefore encountered God who was present then as now. However, as has been seen, Fides' focus on the narrative means that the sacraments for him do not contain God's presence in any special way, but rather form a focal point which helps to make participants aware of the presence of God throughout creation. The Eucharist, therefore, is just one sign among many. Christ is not especially present here in a way in which he is not elsewhere, nor can participation in the Eucharist be a means of grace which sets it apart from any other aspect of creation. The discernment of Christ's presence, therefore, is entirely down to the disposition of the individual believer at the time. As John Colwell says, to presume the sacramentality of all creation is to undermine the sacramentality of specific signs within creation. When all is deemed to signify, nothing remains significant. Fidders responds to this objection by arguing that the actions of the ritual sacraments, breaking bread, pouring out wine, baptismal water, etc., fit more exactly into the movements of self-giving love in the life of God, and therefore a means of revealing God's presence to us in a greater degree than other aspects of creation. However, this doesn't preclude the possibility that other signs or actions might equally well fit into the movements of God's self-giving love. A way forward is needed, it seems to me, therefore, which can hold together the creative tension between the Baptist focus on the presence of Christ in the congregation and the Catholic emphasis on the Eucharistic host. And there's not enough time or space to unpack this fully here, but a possible solution is a reappropriation of the relationship between sign and reality found in the writings of the early church fathers. Here, signs convey the reality they signify without being identical with them. Christ is made present in, the, present in the sacraments, but not in physical form. John Calvin, later on, makes a very similar move. He rejects transubstantiation, but also argues that receiving the bread and wine is not only a symbol of partaking in Christ's body and blood, but a means by which we partake and are drawn into union with Christ. Whilst he admits he doesn't really understand how this happens, he thinks it's possible because the ascended Christ, whilst remaining at the right hand of the Father, is able to mediate his presence under the signs of the bread and wine 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, obviously, let's go down that line raises all sorts of other questions, and if Paul Fiddles were here, he would be objecting loudly at this point, which is one of the reasons I'm glad he's not here. However, um, if Calvin's um, thinking does offer us um, at least a basis on which to move forward, it seems to point towards a middle ground between Catholic and Baptist theology, in which Christ can be understood to be truly present in the Eucharist and in the church without the need to subscribe to any form of literal or physical presence. If these ideas can be combined, then a way is opened in which it is possible to explore more fully how the Eucharist forms the church ethically and as a political body in the world. Thank you. Um, I think my issue there was that, as I read Paul, he seemed to be saying that that which was true of the church in terms of presence was in fact only that which was true of the wider whole. Christ is present everywhere in creation. The church is just the people who are more aware of that or responding to that in a particular way. And therefore, like the other sacraments, they point us towards something else, but it's not necessarily confined to the sacraments. Um, and so whilst there is something special going on here, actually it could be going on anywhere, and that's why I think it becomes individualistic, because if these signs are just one sign amongst an infinite number of signs, then what is it that makes them special? Uh, and surely then um, acknowledging or understanding or seeing what is being conveyed here is entirely down to me, rather than God in some way saying that he is especially present here. Um, is that um, yes, you're right, there, there is a danger of that, uh, and I think that's what I'm trying to find the middle ground between. I, I think, um, I quoted briefly Jean-Luc Marion, I think he has something important to say about, too easily we reject the physical in favour of uh, consciousness, experience, subjectivity, um, and, and I would argue that can come if we focus just on the narrative. Um, but actually the, the, there's something to be grabbed onto in the physical um, the idea that Christ is here in some way and in its physicality that reinforces that idea um, does that make sense? I, I, I think we need to hold both together if it becomes all about the, the physical elements then we get the extremes of Catholic theology or certainly practices that was found in the Middle Ages where people are chasing down the street after hosts trying to get catch a glimpse of it and all this sort of thing. That's one extreme. At the other end, I think what we often see practiced in Baptist churches at least is it's, it's all about me and God. And the fact that we're doing this in a room for the people is almost entirely irrelevant. Um, and if in some way I'm struggling, um, I, I can't know that I've received Christ. It's all about me and my faith and my experience. So I, I think the physical brings a, an objectivity, or more of an objectivity to it, which is a helpful corrective. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I've been doing various bits of research around this for some years, um, and about the difference that the Eucharist or communion should be making in Baptist churches. And my wife has been a constant voice in my ear going, yeah, but it doesn't, does it? <laughs> which has been really encouraging. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, I, and I, I'm not, entirely sure 
what needs to happen to regain that. I'm hoping that by the time I get to the end of this in four and a half years' time, I might have some more ideas. Um, because there's others who are rightly raising the objection uh, that whereas uh, people like Kavanaugh are going down the line of, oh, if we could just share the Eucharist, all the problems in the church and the world would be solved. Um, but people like Lauren Winner, uh, Willie James Jennings are saying, that's not the case though, is it? Um, so uh, there needs to be something else, but I'm not sure what it is. Um, that's a whole different paper in itself. <laughs> Um, in, in short, the, the way Kavanaugh takes it is that in, in consuming Christ, we become bound to Christ um, and assimilated into him. Um, that transforms our relationship to each other, forming us as the body of Christ, but it also transforms our relationship to the wider world. So it, it, it forms us ethically in and of itself, um, but changes the way in which we perceive and relate to the world as a political body together. That's way too short. <laughs>